come to all places together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you. A story called, I Knew You Were. If you don't follow All Places Together on the Instagram, you may not know that I am a Taylor Swift fan. Now, I may not be a full-on Swifty and as fully and deeply as obsessed as some other people are, but I have loved her music for years. And that first album she released during the pandemic, Folklore, like got me through summer and fall of 2020. I think I can literally sing every word of the album in order from the very first line, I'm doing good, I'm on some new shit, to the very last line, no other sadness in the world would do. And in fact, those are two of my favorite lines of the whole album. You see, one of the reasons I love Taylor's music so much is that it's often so raw and emotional. She tells a story and paints a picture with her lyrics, and I feel them in my body and in my soul. I have a favorite Taylor song to sing when I'm happy, when I'm mad, when I'm sad, when I need to bust a move, and when I am full of indignation because I stinking knew it. This last one may be a little bit specific, but come with me. Right? It's that feeling you get when you are angry and self-satisfied in your correctness about reading a situation or predicting an outcome. For me, the feeling is also accompanied with like a grunt and clenched fists that either punch the air or bounce on the table, depending on whether it is a good outcome or a bad. And if you haven't guessed it already, the song for the mood is, I Knew You Were Trouble. This song tells the story of Taylor knowing that this guy is trouble when he came into her life, but she dates him anyhow. He's not there for her when she needs him. He pulls away from the relationship without telling her. There's even some insinuation that he cheated on her. Since it's released, it's confirmed that's a song about her relationship with Harry Styles. But this isn't a gossip podcast. So I'm just going to say that belting out the chorus alone leaves me needing a cup of tea and a throat lozenge to recover from the powerful emoting. And again, if you don't follow APT on Instagram, you may not know that I love imagining biblical characters singing Taylor Swift lyrics. It brings me deep joy. So I hope you're asking yourself right now, Colleen, who sings this iconic Taylor Swift song? So y'all, I'd like to tell you about my friend Jonah. Jonah is a prophet in the Hebrew scriptures. He is the namesake of an entire book. The book of Jonah is actually only four chapters long. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to find some time to sit down and read it this week. Many people could tell you that Jonah was swallowed by a whale and lived in that tummy for a few days, but there's actually so much more to his story. The story begins with God's instructions for Jonah to go to the big city of Nineveh. 
as readers, we aren't giving any background on Jonah's relationship with God. But by the end of the book, it's clear that Jonah practices the Jewish faith and has been a follower of God for quite some time. So while the readers don't get the full context of God's call to Jonah, there is a foundation of relationship there. It's not like God calling to Jonah for the very first time out of the blue. But Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh. Again, the text does not include reasons why. Maybe Jonah thought it was going to be a waste of time to go there. Maybe he was afraid of what might happen to him there. Maybe he had other plans for his life and God's directions were like interfering with that. I don't know. The text doesn't tell us. The text does tell us, though, that Jonah does not go. He does not go to Nineveh. In fact, he gets on a boat and goes in the opposite direction. He literally tries to outrun God. And while he's on this boat, this huge storm bubbles up and comes around this boat on the sea. And the cultural interpretation of storms at the time was that they were caused by a God's displeasure with someone on the sea at the time. So everyone on the boat is trying to figure out which God is mad at who, and they cast lots to figure it out. And surprise, it came up Jonah. (laughs) Jonah tells them his story, and he agrees to be thrown overboard so that the storm will stop and that the rest of the people on the boat will be safe. Over Jonah goes. Jonah goes over the side of the boat and is promptly eaten and slides into the belly of a large fish. Now, another time when we're sitting around like a bonfire or something with a campfire, we can spend some time analyzing what kind of fish could swallow a whole person. And we can talk more about what kind of fish has a digestive system that was slow enough so that a grown person could survive in it for three days but that's not what we're doing today. I hope it's clear by now that I don't read the Bible literally. We'll have to talk about that more another time. Today's not the day. So let's just think that it's really cool that Jonah is in this fish for three days, that he prays to God, God hears him, and Jonah survives the whole ordeal. When Jonah's feet hit dry land, he follows God's directions and goes to Nineveh. The city of Nineveh is huge. It takes three days to walk across. So Jonah goes one day walk in, like one third of the way into the city, and then he gives one of the most passive aggressive yet effective sermons in the history of the world. The English translation of the Hebrew is only eight words long. He says, Forty more days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Without any other information or explanation, the people of Nineveh repent. All of the people, all of the people and creatures repent and say that they will be faithful to Jonah's God. Everyone from the king all the way to the livestock put on sackcloth to show repentance to God. God sees their change of heart and does not send this apparent calamity that God had been planning. So you might think that Jonah would be pleased with this, 
that his eight-word sermon impacted the hearts and minds of thousands and that thousands of people and their animals were saved, you might think that Jonah would be patting himself on the back. Well, my friends, he is not. Jonah is pissed. And this is where we find his I knew you were moment. Let's read the fourth chapter of Jonah together. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better to die than to live. And the Lord says, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down on the east hill of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and he asked that he might die. Jonah said, it is better for me to die than live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And Jonah said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and for which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also so many animals? The end. This is where the book of Jonah ends. On a direct question from God to Jonah, We get no answer. We'll come back to that in a minute because I just need to bask in Jonah's rage with you for a minute. Jonah's telling God, I knew you were a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that's why I didn't want to come here in the first place. Like speaks to my soul. It is his big Taylor Swift moment. Jonah knew from the get-go, how God was going to forgive them, and he did not want any part in that. Jonah's all, I knew you were going to forgive them. I knew you were going to change your mind. I knew you were going to show them grace. I know you, God, and I knew this. He's so stinking mad about it, and I'm here for it. Because, to be completely honest, and you may not be surprised, There are times when I am also so upset with someone or a situation, and then I remember that God loves them too, and that makes me upset. Because, and you might not be all that surprised, 
based on like the tone of this whole podcast, there are times when I am also upset with someone or a situation, and I remember that God loves them, and I'm not happy about it. Or like that God could show a way to redeem a hurtful situation that I'm not like done being hurt and angry about. Like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not happy about God showing grace yet when I'm not ready for it. I too know that God is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. But do you want to know who isn't slow to anger? Me. It's me. I am an Enneagram one who has anger on a slow boil on my back burner a lot of the time. It's probably part of the reason I love belting out Taylor Swift breakup songs when I'm actually happily married. And it riles me up when God shows grace in a way that I'm not ready for yet. It can also be immensely beautiful and life-changing, but I'm sometimes still mad about it. This is all to say, remembering Jonah's story, his complicated faith, his compassion for his boat friends, and the fruitfulness of his grumpy sermon are such inspirations to me. It shows me that God can use me to share God's love in the world, even if it takes me a while to come around to it, even if I'm still a little bit grumpy about it, and even if I need to sit in a ball on the ground and listen to Taylor Swift for a while after it. God's love is still with me and for me. And that last sentence of the book of Jonah, that last question from God is really important too. In response to Jonah saying that he wants to die because his new favorite bush has died, God says, And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals? God cared for those people. God cared for the people and animals of Nineveh, all of them. Now, there's another conversation to be had about why the author of Jonah thought that God had to punish the people of Nineveh in the first place. That's a conversation for another day. And truth be told, there's a lot more to unpack for Jonah's story. So for today, let's end with this reminder that God cares for all people in all places, even the people we don't like in the places that we don't want to go to. God's love is more expansive and inclusive than Jonah could understand, and even more inclusive and expansive than I can understand today in the 21st century. God loves each of us where we are, whether that's a city that someone hates or in the belly of a fish. God loves each of us as we are, whether we have known about God's love our whole lives or are just coming to see it and understand it for the first time. God loves each of us as we are, joyful at receiving grace, or sulking in an angry heap, upset at somebody else's forgiveness. In time, God can help our bad blood go to mad love, or at least God can give us peace. God can show us ways of reconciliation when we finally admit the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you. Even when we are screaming, crying in a perfect storm, making all the tables turn, God is able to meet us in our nightmare 
and love us there too. Goodness, even when our reputation's never been worse. God likes me for me and you for you. God's love shows us that we all have crowns and that we are each worthy of love because you'll never find another one like me or you. God's love changes us. God's love guides us into becoming who we were created to be. God's love shifts the way we interact with everyone we know and everyone we meet. It's a wild ride for sure. I'm ready for it. Are you ready for it? A prayer for when I knew. Gracious God, merciful God, slow to anger God, abounding in steadfast love God. You knew, Jonah knew, didn't you? I think so. And you knew I knew, didn't you? Probably. You keep loving us, though. You keep forgiving us. You keep showing us how big your love really is. You keep calling us to love others even when we aren't quite ready. Because then when we are ready, we know you are right there with us. And we know that you are where you are calling us to as well. Continue to open up my heart to all your children so that I can fully see their beauty, wisdom, and power. Use my anger and their anger to fuel the work that brings your justice to earth. If I run away, again, which I really might do, give me the courage to show up, to show up in love where I'm needed. I know that you'll be with me. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. This week marks the end of the sixth month that All Places Together has been out in the world. I can't believe it. It has been an amazing journey so far, and I'm really excited to see what the coming months will bring. As I've said before, sharing God's love with you each week and specifically saying that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however has impacted my heart, my faith, and my life in such powerful ways. Thank you. Thank you for listening and being part of this journey alongside me. Thank you for joining us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you haven't found us on those platforms, please do. I've got some big dreams for this coming year, and I hope that you'll be a part of those too. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website, 
Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. If year-end giving is part of your practice, I hope you'll consider giving to All Places Together. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially. Remember that we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places together with the people in your life and engage with the All Places community together online. I want to say thank you to Joy and Kayla for sharing their support with me in the Instagram Reels comments this week. Goodness, we know the internet can be a tricky place to be, especially when so many of us believe different things. So thank you for sharing God's love with me and with the world by saying that all people are created in God's image. And until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.